Welcome to another episode of On the Clock with Damien and Deremy. I'm Damien Parson, and that is Deremy Dove. Man, after a long draft weekend, um, my trip to Nashville, everything, man, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm glad you had a good time. It, it, I know it's been crazy busy for everybody, but um, once again, the NFL draft, we just know it's almost like it's a guarantee, even without the the huge, sexy, you know, quarterback names all the time. I and mean, we yeah. had Kyler Murray. It, it's still going to be just high drama, you know, every year. The, it's the, it's great theater. I wish they brought it back to Radio City Music Hall because it's it's just great theater every year. The yeah, NFL I draft. agree. I feel like they should. I feel like that is a – especially for this past draft. They, man, you know, for what the Giants did, put that, put that bad boy in Radio City Music Hall, you might have a stampede or, you know, just a, a, oh, yeah. a flat-out protest, man. A flat out protest, man. But let's start, like I said, we're talking about the draft. This whole episode is simply about the draft and, and, and the teams. So let's talk about uh, our first topic. Give me your uh, your your first, your one and only winner. Your 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 winner. I mean, we could have done more than one, and because it's more than one team won, you know, in my opinion, uh, more than one team drafted well. But as your, oh, absolutely as your sole top, you know, your king of the draft. Who who is the king for you? My king for me, and it's hard because you're right, there's so many, but I'm looking at the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. And that's a division rival for me, but I, I think, and I think maybe I might be biased because I'm so used to them just messing up and doing everything terribly. So there <laughs> might be a little bit of bump form, but I got to be honest, I really do. Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, I mean, to get Dwayne Haskins, Montez Sweat. We talk so much about Terry McLaurin, how much we like him. Bryce Love, I think they just really nailed this to me on the on the draft. I really feel like they really helped Jay Gruden out a lot here. They gave him the, the offensive pieces. And also on defense, I think Montez Sweat was a great steal for him. Um, I think the Redskins surprised me. And especially considering we talked a little off air what the, their other division rival, the Giants, did. Man, I I think that they kind of overstepped them. I think the Eagles had a great draft. The Redskins had a great draft. So I'm looking at NFC East, and the Giants and Cowboys did not really bring it. And the Redskins, to me, really needed to have, especially with their quarterback issues that we saw last year. So to get that guy in Dwayne Haskins and then to get a freak of nature like Montez Sweat, to get, a, a to me, a dynamic receiver from, from Ohio State and Terry McLaurin, and to get that running back, Bryce Love, and, you know, even though he's not technically a rookie, but then to have Darius Geis also being available for you, uh, I, I, I'm really excited for the Redskins. So that's my winner, Redskins. That's a that, that was one of my picks because I was like, man, I have a feeling, you know, two minds. I said, <laughs> I got a feeling we were going to be on the same wavelength. Um, but I agree with you. I agree. The, the Redskins had to be licking their chops. When, the, when their division rival, the Giants, said, we're going to take Daniel Jones. And the funny thing is – they hear um, um, Dave Gettleman, who to me is one of the worst GMs in football, and I said I've been on this I've been on this plane for for a while, man. I saw him firsthand and what he was doing in in Carolina. I think it was Cam Newton's second or third year. He let Steve Smith go. He let Ted, Ted Ginn go. He let his top three receiving weapons go. Then remember the whole Josh Norman debacle or franchise tag him. But you know what? We're going to just rescind the franchise tag, not work on a deal, not try and get him out of town and, and get a pick for him. No, we're going to just let him walk. Let him, and the, the secondary hasn't been the same since, Jeremy. Now this is the same guy 
who about a month or so ago traded off Odell Beckham. He let uh, Landon Collins walk. He got rid of Damon uh, Snacks Harrison. Got rid of Olivier Vernon. I'm just sitting here like, what in God's name is possessing this man to make the decisions that he's making? Yeah. I I don't – I think he's trying. I, well, I did say I, – I told you in, in one of our draft preview shows that, you know, they, they were going to get Daniel Jones. They like Daniel Jones. Uh, number six. Yeah, that was the same That's scratch. reach. Uh, I will, I will, it was. It was. I will say this, and this may not be popular with, with you or other people. I do like – the idea, and we're seeing it more and more from mm-hmm. with, with GMs. We saw with the Baker Mayfield, and, and and now we're seeing with Daniel Jones, and even in other positions, whether you like him or not. If you like a guy, who cares about the round? If you like this guy, and you're not, I mean, and you're not sure, you're not positive that person's going to be there, and it's oh, he's projected here, he should be picked here. If you like that guy, go get him. I I, no, I have I mean, respect. For I agree that. with that. I, I have respect. That. A lot of people though will they go by projections. They're going by trying to say stay safe. Yeah. And he could have made to Dave Kett- uh, uh, Gettleman's point. I don't necessarily believe him. No, no. On there's, the there's the a other report people. that came out to refute him too. They said right. nobody wanted him in the top yeah, seventeen. I, so that's where I disagree on. I think. Yes, you could have waited and got another, you know, there's a lot of talent you could have gotten there. But go get your guy and, and go make that change. I do like Dave Gettleman on this. I think he is trying to bring the Giants a strong front O-line, an aggressive, hungry one, which we have not seen in years from them. Yeah. I think he has some good philosophies. I You know, football philosophy I do like. I just don't know. I don't like how he's getting there. But I, I, I will give Gettleman credit for going to get his guy. If Daniel Jones is a good pick, we won't be caring what – he's no, a good player. Right. We won't care what pick he is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, for me, it just was – before I, you know, continue talking about – because I want to say speak on the Redskins and how well they did. But for me, when the Daniel Jones pick, we both talked about a pre-draft. We just didn't see it. You know, you look at Kyler Murray, you see it. Look at Dwayne Haskins, you see it. Even for me, I had Drew Locke at number three over Daniel Jones. I didn't I didn't really – I think Daniel Jones – somebody asked me on, on social media, what is your opinion of Daniel Jones? I said he's safe. That's what I called him. I said he's a safe quarterback. He's a safe pick. He's a guy that's not flashy. He doesn't, you know, have the amazing arm. He doesn't look like – he's. He, he doesn't look – have the, the intangibles of being a complete and utter bust until you take him at six and he doesn't pan out. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not like, you know, we, we've seen the Jamarcus Russells, the Ryan Lease, those athletic guys, those big arm guys, the guys who have all the physical tools and you know, all the different things that they talk about, the intangibles they talk about in the in the whole draft process. That wasn't Daniel Jones. He was just a safe guy to me. And, I, you know, he, to me, he's I think he could play some good football. But we just, I mean, Dave Gettleman saying, wait three years. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, whatever. But we can wait three years. He can't. <laughs> yeah, he can't. He, he can't, can't wait three years. We can wait. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a season and a half before he gets fired thinking like that. Yeah, so, but, uh, <laughs> so he, he better not be talking that way. Yeah, he's like, oh, he can say that. <laughs> I think Eli Manning is three more years. I'm like, okay, this guy's clearly, clearly insane. 
Um, <laughs> but I give him one thing. Like you said, I you know you respect him. I respect him for being ballsy. He's got some big cojones moving, doing what he did, passing up on Josh Allen, passing up on a lot of the talented defenders. He hey, more power to you. Um, but they did rebound in the draft, so I did like their draft overall. I just didn't like Daniel Jones at six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they won't be my loser. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, but what talk about the Redskins real quick, man? Would you talk about the Redskins? I, I love their, you know, just their entire draft class, man. Getting Terry McLaurin, then they went back and got Kelvin Harmon, a, who was a top receiver prospect. And no, I think the only reason why he fell is because of some of the fact that he didn't test the way people wanted him to test. People had to get over this forty-yard time and three-cone crap, man. This this shirt and short stuff. What what do you do on the tape, baby? Like what? what that's what I thought it all that matters, Jeremy. Uh, and yeah. we talked. We talked about it pre-draft on one of our shows. How important is the combine? They said it's the biggest job interview in the world, and I get that. But if you can't look at my resume, like I, I can see, I'm not saying you go in there into a job interview with t-shirts, you know, t-shirt basketball shorts, and some some uh, some Nike flip flops. No, you know what I'm saying. You still come. You still do your thing. It wasn't the way that they didn't. You didn't perform to their expectation. But my resume shows I've been a supervisor here for 12 years. Went to another job, became a supervisor here for another five. Like I, I'm, I'm that guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay. So he fell, and I love that pick for them. A big body, strong-handed guy who can make plays. And contest the situations to pair with the Terry McLaurin. I like that pick for him. So I'm with you. They are one of they actually was like I said, that was actually my winner. So I had to re you know recoup here after you took my pick. Yeah. Uh, but um I'll throw out a name to you. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars won this. Let me tell you something, man. And we talked about this was this was one of your guys, you know, you're the old line guru. This was one of your Jawan Taylor. I dare me. I don't know if you heard something. I didn't hear a thing why he fell to the second round. I have no other Surprising. idea. No other I know idea. the knee. I know the knee, you know, but I, I didn't think, you know, that was that big of a concern for him no, to fall there. I, and to me, because I honestly look at it as that should have made him, and not to interrupt you, but just to, that no, you saw him live at the combine and you could see him favoring the knee and we you know, I know we just talked about how you can't bank on the combine but his film's great but even at the combine he's nailing those drills and you can see he's limping but still gaming up competing didn't have to do that which to me means something right. and B especially when you're a high you know supposedly a high projected talent and a lot of people would have passed or told him to pass and B he still was killing it and yep. you could tell he was not so I, I don't understand him falling but great for Jacksonville yeah, exactly, exactly. So you get Josh Allen at seven. Somehow, Jawan Taylor, who we we both of us projected it was a perfect fit for what they want to do in Jacksonville. They want to keep Nick Foles upright, and they want to dominate the trenches um, with the run game of Lennon Fournette. So you get him in the second round, and you go get your get you went and go get uh, you drafted a, an athletic tight end, Josh Oliver out of San Jose State. Um, you remember Nick Foles? A lot of people, and I remember people saying this that oh Carson Wentz looks at uh, uh, and um, Zach Ertz too much. Uh, no, Nick Foles looked at him too because he's one mm-hmm. of the best tight ends in, in the game. So I can tell you right now, I don't care who I got at receiver. If I got tight ends, a tight end like that, and I got linebackers messed up on them, I'm sorry, Odell. I'm sorry, AB. I got to look at him first because he's going to get open faster. That's the guy to go to. So you get him a, an athletic tight end prospect. We, he goes 
Then in the third round, this was the pick I love the most. I love the most just because of my our bias, him coming on the show, Quincy Williams. And they got him listed on NFL Network, NFL.com. They have him listed as a safety. He and he played some safety as well. He is a kind of safety built. He has a safety frame. He ran a four or five in the 40 at his pro day. You know, he's a he's a fast physical prospect. So you get him to where he I think he can do a lot of different things, match up. And a dime and nickel packages, you know, uh, teams line up defenses. Kind of now, the base defense nowadays are nickel. Technically, that's yeah. kind of where teams are going. So, but uh, the pick I, I really feel like is a steal for them. Fifth round, Raquel Armstead. We your your yes. guy Temple. Yes, yes. For whatever for whatever's going on with Leonard Fournette, if Leonard Fournette goes down, you know he's he, he's a physical runner and, and he takes a lot of hits. If he gets hurt. He gets dinged up, Jeremy. Now you got a guy similar size too, similar size, a big, strong guy. Runs physical, but he has a four-four speed that he could take at the distance. I'm telling you, I love with the, I. You know, I'm not a Nick Foles guy, but I feel like if you build around him, I think you can. I think you can cook with something. I think you're doing something if you can build around him. And I like, I love what the, what the Jacksonville Jaguars did, man. I I completely agree. They were up there. They're in my top five, maybe even top three. I don't know. I'm still going, still trying to figure out that, that official top ten for later on in the show. Wink, wink. But <laughs> I, I had Jacksonville, honestly, as a contender for tops. I, I really do believe what is, to get Josh Allen to 40 at a seven. I mean, I, I didn't think Josh Allen was going to go there. I really no, didn't. No, I, no, I didn't think good. he'd be there. And then to get arguably, arguably – the top tackle prospect in this draft in the second round at a spot that's desperately needed for the, for the Jags. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam, Cam Robinson at left tackle, uh, you know, decent pass blocker, but this offensive line really needed that help. And I thought, okay, later on you get good to me, there was plenty of good prospects and you needed help at, at right tackle. And you also needed help interior for Jacksonville's O-line. So I'm like, all right, they can address that. And no lie, when I see, you know, Garrett Bradbury, Chris Lindstrom surprising me going, I was like, oh, man, who are they going to get? But I'm also like, wait a minute, some people are falling here. Hmm. And for them to get Juwan <laughs> Taylor, it, it's it's unbelievable. And you're right. Armstead was huge on my list. list. Quincy Williams was as well. To get Josh Oliver as a tight end, they really knocked it out the park. So kudos to this, to, to Jacksonville. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Um, so, you know, Let's talk about the loser. Who is your loser of this NFL draft, man? My loser will be, and they started off hot. They really did. But those Cincinnati Bengals, they got Jonah Williams, who I'm a big fan of. Right. And they started off with a bang. But after that, (laughs) you get Drew Sample, no, Jermaine Pratt, Finley, they got hey, you know, we were we were by and this is a little bot, you know. I don't know if I love him as a prospect, I'll be honest. But we actually we were by Michael Jordan's uh dad and family at the combine. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, props to him, shout out to him, but I don't know if I love him, you know, where he was taken and, and if he's the prospect that I like for the Bengals. I think the Bengals just they have a new coach. You know, they have Zach Taylor, and I thought that as bad as this franchise has been, they have to really rebuild and do right, and they, I don't think they did it for him. And I still feel, if I'm looking at where the Bengals are right now, 
I'm not saying you solve everything in one draft. No, I mean that's that's like you know historic yeah. kind of draft. But to have some building blocks for you, I feel like they still don't have that for this team, and they're really going to be going into mini camps and training camps just like another laughing stock and a, a guaranteed fourth place finish in the AFC North. So I think the Bengals just really didn't address any of their needs, and when they did, they kind of reached on people that weren't. They were kind of, I guess the word is, I don't know, uninspiring yeah, or kind of like question marks when they finally did go for their needs. So I, I think the Bengals are my loser. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, while I like the Jermaine Pratt pick and, and the Deshaun Davis pick, you know, putting some athleticism in the linebacking room and creating a competition, the Finley pick, man, that was the one for me. I was just like, ooh, Finley? I wasn't a big fan of Finley during the college football season, um, I actually felt like they would have been better off, especially having two years for to keep Dalton for two years and then let him walk if you wanted to because he doesn't have any guaranteed money left on his contract. I felt like Jarrett Stidham, who the Patriots ended up getting in the fourth round, uh, fourth, fifth round, I felt like that was a better fit um, with his mobility and his he has a good arm. He has a really good arm. You know, he just had only literally only like one or two receivers and Auburn, his old line was terrible. Oh, my God, that was one of the worst old lines in college football last year. Um, they were terrible. But, you know, Finley, he's a, you know, he's a timing, anticipatory thrower. I, I, man, I'm not going to – I just did not like the Finley pick at all. And, and the, the Drew Sample pick, man, I like Drew Sample in the fourth round. I don't like him in the second. Was it second round? Yeah. It was second round, right? Yeah, no. I don't like um, him in the second either. I, I don't like a second, so – uh, my loser was the Detroit Lions. They, like you said, just kind of – we're on the same wavelength in a way. Started off big, right? Started off hot. Getting TJ Hawkinson at eight, I think that's – you know, that helps the run game. That helps it, our guy carry on my wayward son, Johnson. Yes. That helps him That helps him out on the edge. It helps that offensive line. Of course, it helps Matthew Stafford, um, you know, as well, especially in the red zone. That's six, 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 five, big frame type of guy to go along with 6'5", Kenny Holiday, and I think 6'2", 6'3", Marvin Jones, right? So you 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 have a big you have a big uh, front now. He has a big front court, and, and I like that. But then you go to uh, the second round, Jelani Tava, Tavai, uh, Tavai, whatever his name is, from the linebacker from Hawaii. Come on, man. That is a complete another reach. It's a complete reach. Over Jermaine Pratt, over some of the other linebackers that was in this cl- in this class, that's a reach. Um, getting third round, Will Harris, Boston College. Ah, I can't even lie to you, Jeremy. I don't know anything about this kid. Um, so I'm glad you admitted it. <laughs> I don't know anything about him, so I was like, okay, whatever, man. I'm pretty sure there were other safety prospects on the board. Uh, I do like the next two picks, Austin Bryant. The, the one of the athletic guys from Clemson who can play kind of that stand up end, hand in the dirt guy, get after the passer, get after the passer. And I like the Amani Awarie, the cornerback from Penn State. I do like the, the, those pick because he gives them, uh, he gives them a bigger corner opposite of big play Darius Slay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it, it it just didn't make sense to me. It did not. Like I'm like, okay, where's the like, you know, just second round, okay, you want to get another linebacker? Fine, get another linebacker. But, Jesus, you serious right now? Like, think about it. Mac Wilson fell to the fifth round, right, to the Browns. 
fifth or sixth round. Somehow, I don't know if the teams were worried about his knee and stuff like that because he tapered off the back end of the season. That's fine. But you could have some, you could have flipped positions and got – you could have drafted uh, Matt Wilson in the fifth technically and got Greedy Williams in the second. Greedy Williams with Darius Slay, which we're going to talk about Greedy with one of our fan mail questions. But nonetheless, man, for me, this is just a bad draft um, overall just because it, it did not – it, it did not hit not not really just the names, but the like the actual player. Like was was to to buy a, a second round pick? Don't think so. Was Will Harris a mid to early third round pick? I don't think so. So because if I go to either one of these rounds, I can see guys that they should have gotten over the guys that they that that they selected. So yeah, no, Detroit Lions are my loser. I yeah, I think so. And I, I really do love TJ Hawkinson. I think he, he has potential to be one of the top overall players in this draft, mm-hmm. regardless of position. But after that, you know, and that's the thing, you know, um people get really hooked. It, it's about the core. It's about building the needs. I think we do a good job on this show about it in the past and, and currently where just because you get that one splash guy. It doesn't mean anything. Or there's some people who will go over the list. Who some teams had had fewer draft picks due to trades and whatever, but made the most with what they got and really nailed. They had you know five selections. They nailed it. So just because you get a splashy uh, skill position guy and then you whiff, at least in our opinion, on the next you know five six picks, are are you a winner? I don't right. believe so. You know what I mean? I, 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 it takes a team to build. You know, I know that's so easy to say or so cliche, but it's the truth. Are you hitting these positions? Are you filling these holes? And are you even for those splashy skill guys that either you signed or traded for or drafted, are you building around them to help them succeed? And, and, and that's the key. You know, what are you doing for Matt Stafford? You got TJ Hawkinson, but other than that, you're, you're, you're not getting to me any, any other weapons for him. And you're not helping out. Matt Patricia didn't get help on that defensive end at all. So I just feel, once again, sorry, Detroit, you're 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 laughing stock. And yep, <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. I don't know. Maybe one day. Hey, I'm telling you, man. But before we get into our top ten power rankings post draft, let's take a quick, just a quick break. And we're back. So we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, – give our uh, top ten ranking. Uh, you know, it's just some little fun little exercise, guys. You know, don't, don't kill us if your team isn't in the top ten or is too low in the top ten. It's just post-draft, baby. We got mini camps and training camps and po- preseason. We got a lot of football coming. So relax. Just just kick back and relax and enjoy the show. Yeah, do, yeah, do like, a, like, like a, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Relax. Relax, okay? Let's Relax. let's you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, man. All right, Jeremy, go ahead and give me from from uh from 10 to 1. Give me your top 10, man. Okay. So from 10 to 1, I'm going to give you the Miami Dolphins at 10. Mhm. At number 9, hmm, I will give you the Steelers. At number eight, mm-hmm. let me see. I will give you the Cardinals. Okay. Arizona. 
At number seven, I'm going to go ahead and give you the Buffalo Bills. Number six, I will go ahead and give the Philadelphia Eagles, my okay. Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Howie Roseman doing work again. <laughs> Let's see. At five, I'm going to go with the Broncos. At four, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. At three, I will go with Jacksonville. Two, I will go with your New England Patriots, the defending champs. And one, I'm going to go with my Washington Redskins. Okay. All right. All right. I like that list. I like I like that list a lot, man. Um, so I'm gonna start off at number ten. This was tough because you know I was thinking about going the exact same way you did it, um, factoring in just kind of the moves and everything the teams made, um, which I which that's similar to what I did. But um, just I'm looking at like just rosters for me. I'm at number ten, which is tough because a lot of teams got better, man. A lot of teams got better. Yeah. Um, this is this is not an easy exercise at all. But at number ten, I put the. This was I. This was my shock pick. Uh, I told you that earlier. I had a shocker in, in my in my top ten. The Kansas City Chiefs. Um, mm, mm. I have them at my number ten. Okay. And the reason why, and it's because it's up in the air. I like the Frank Clark move. Um, I like the Miko Hardman, but because of the Tyreek Hill situation, they had to go and reach for Miko Hardman. I believe they could have got Miko Hardman in the third, maybe fourth round. Because remember, at the second, the second round, receivers really weren't running off the board like that. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Miko Hardman went before DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. So, you know, that was kind of a, yeah. a reach pick out of just. I think they panicked. You know, no, you know, of course, knowing what's going on with, with Tyreek Hill and. You know, the audio of him, you know, pretty much alluding to him breaking the kid's arm and everything else that he's stupidly, you know, his stupid actions, I mean, which he had those red flags coming into the league. So, you know, it is what it is. So at 10, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, of course, this may change once we get closer to the season. We're going to do another one right before the season starts. Um, at, at 10, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. At number nine, I actually have the um, – I have the Cleveland Browns. Their their draft was solid. Um, of course, what they did for free agency and with the trades, of course, they they will be up there as we close to the season. But just off off, especially with the draft, they did solid in the draft. I love Greedy Williams um, and getting Mac Wilson late, but they also didn't help the O line, and that was a problem for me. Exactly, that was, that was a problem for me. Um, so I have them at at nine. I have Kansas City at ten. Them at uh, Browns at nine, and number seven, at number eight. Sorry, I have the uh, the Chicago Bears. I do like the Chicago Bears draft, getting David Montgomery, getting Riley Ridley in the, in late in the draft, um, <clears throat> and of course their first round pick was Khalil Mack, technically. Um, mm-hmm. So you know I give I give them eight, and number seven I have your Philadelphia Eagles. I love I love what you guys did, man. I, I want I was gonna list them as one of my winners. Um, but I don't want to give you guys too much juice going into the season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but getting getting Miles Sanders, getting Miles Sanders, who was uh, my one of my top three running backs in this class, getting Andre Diller, who was one of my uh, favorite offensive linemen. You know, and, you know, it, this, man, listen, you know, this was a 
and not even just getting Andre Jones, but leapfrogging the Texans and get, and forcing them to completely reach. They could have been one of my losers, actually. Um, yeah, absolutely. So they, I, they were considered. They were. Yeah, considered they were considered me. on me as well. So your Eagles are at seven. Uh, let's see here. I have your. I have the Colts. I have the Colts at six. Um, you know. Yeah. I, I wanted to see them get a bigger possession receiver. Now, yes, they do have Devin Funches, but. This is also somebody who sees Devin Funches on the regular. Ugh, you gave him a one-year deal for a reason. Um, so mm-hmm. I do I do love the Paris Campbell move. Paris Campbell, that type of speed, man. Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton, good luck. Keep safeties deep. That's what I can tell you. Keep both of them deep. That's you know it. But I, I would I would have loved to see a bigger body guy. Um, maybe a Nikhil Harry or AJ Brown would have been a perfect fit to me the, uh, as a compliment to T.Y. So they are uh, – that was that number six, right? Right. Oh, man. This is a uh, number f- – uh, yeah, number five. I'm going Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay. I know Ooh. a lot of people. I know a lot of people, a lot of analysts I've heard, well, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers any weapons. Well, here's my thing. You've complained for years that Aaron Rodgers have not had a defense. Jeremy, they went defensive heavy. They went heavy on the defense this entire offseason, and I loved every bit of it because now Aaron Rodgers really don't have any excuses. Like he does not. <laughs> like he does not. I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. They, they went defense. Getting Rashawn Gary, getting Darnell Savage was like my top one of my top three safeties, man. Getting Darnell Savage, getting Jason Sternberger, who I was upset about because I wanted the Patriots to draft him. Um, getting Ellington Jenkins to help in the interior of that offensive line. Kingsley Kiki, getting another running back just in case they need to to you know face somebody. You know the other two guys have dealt with injuries. Or suspension, so you know, got to resh- got to keep an extra guy in the holster, got to keep an extra weapon in the holster. But I love what they did, man. That's why they are at number five for me. At number four, um, I'm looking at the 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 I'm gonna say San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. I, I literally like what they have done um, as well. Getting the Sear Adelaide um, and, and pairing him with Derwin James to me it is utter disaster for. Uh, some of these teams they're going to be facing, man. And then getting Jerry Tillery, a pocket mover that they can have, especially on passing downs, going to Sioux Falls, getting an extra uh, another tackle prospect, and getting an underrated a linebacker, Drew Tranquil, as well, um, as well as another linebacker in the sixth round who's an underrated guy as well. So I, I really like their um, what they were able to do. So they are at uh, – was that four? Um, that, was, that was my fourth one, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Number three, I have the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, mm. The Saints, uh, even though they didn't have a first-round pick because of the Marcus Davenport trade last year, the New Orleans Saints did good work in this draft class, um, just all around. Um, looking at what they were able to do and, and, and the moves that they were able to make, I'm good with it. You know, uh, going out there and getting Eric McCoy, and he, you know, losing Max Unger was going to be a huge hit if they didn't fix that. Going out there and get um, Eric McCoy, getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the fourth round. I don't know how or why this guy fell, but nonetheless, you know, I, I, those two picks, and I like the, the tight end pick, uh, Elise Mack. I like what, what he brings to them as well. And, and like I said, this was already a team that didn't really have many holes, Jeremy. <laughs> they didn't really have many holes at all, you know? So it's like, man. We're good on the O line. We're good on the D line. We're good at receiver. You know they could possibly add another one, but you know having a uh, a consistent tight end. Hopefully Matt can give that to them in all facets, all three levels. 
uh, especially on the end line. We'll see what he was able to, what he's able to do. But uh, for Drew Brees, it just makes him uh, makes their job easier um, as well. So I like what they did at number two. Um, I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, just overall, their roster didn't change much. Love the Taylor Rapp pick. Another team that didn't have a first round pick. Um, they, they got Taylor Rapp. Now the Daryl Henderson move. I love that. Getting David David Long, getting Bobby Evans. They they address so many things. And it's like the names aren't big names because people don't know who Bobby Evans is or David A. David David Edwards. But <clears throat> but understanding that Andrew Whitworth is not gonna play until he's 50. I know he does MMA training and stuff, but this man is not gonna play until he's 50, man. It's not gonna happen. So getting two big, strong physical guys to put at your edge. Is big, you know what I'm saying? It's really big. Even though they did pay Rob, Robert uh, Rob Havenstein, I think it's Robert Havenstein, they did pay him. But still, having David Edwards and Bobby Evans be able to battle it out for the second and third string spots and who for whoever will take the next spot whenever Andrew Whitworth leaves. And Greg Gaines, putting him where Ndamukong Sue was, big guy from, from Washington, big, strong, physical. I love what they did. And, of course, my New England Patriots are going to be at number one. Um, and not a lot of people know this. I'm not the biggest Nikhil Harry fan. I'm not. I will, I will openly say that. I'm not. I wasn't a fan of his route running. I wasn't a fan of his separation, the ability to separate from man-to-man coverage. But I do know one thing about it. the kid is a playmaker. You know, you see him catch screen passes, juke three or four guys, reverse field, and take it to the house. He can make things happen. He's one of the best um, playmakers in this draft class. And when it comes to the hands, his hand-eye coordination is second to none. Um, he, he plays above the rim. I love that about him. Getting big J- Jawan Williams, um, getting Chase, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, Yandy Kajus, um, Froholt, Stidham, uh, Bill Belichick, and you know, and you know, if nobody else knows Derby, you know firsthand, I don't, com- I don't compliment Bill Belichick as a drafter. You know that. The past yeah. two drafts, he's knocked it out of the park for me. The past two. Last year, he did even and even with even with Isaiah Wynn not being healthy, he still did well in that draft. And they come back this year and doing the ex- another great job. That's my top ten, man. Yeah. Now let me um, let me just segue to a question here because uh, I have the Patriots number number two, and, and you have them at at one. So we both like them. We both loved their drafts last year. Check the archives. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it is with Belichick? Because I, I, I never thought I wasn't as hard on him as you were as a drafter. I never thought he was an awful drafter, but definitely, I mean, you know, we like make the comparisons. People talk about him and his mentor, Bill Parcells. Right. That is one thing Bill Parcells definitely to me had way light over him. Better. Yeah, light years was better. a player evaluator slash drafter than Belichick. But I'm not saying he's on Parcells' level even now, but what do you think has been the difference and that, hey, you can sit back and you're liking what Belichick's doing in these drafts. I think that one of the bigger things is he's going he, – he's, he's staying pat for the most part. Like, in the, you know, even last year, right, we had two first-round picks. Every, and going into last year's draft, everybody kept saying, well, you know he's going to trade back both of those picks, right? You know he's going to get picks in the second round, third round. You know, the, the running joke of him always trading back, right? Um, he didn't really trade up much. Um, I remember the year when we got Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower. He traded up for Chandler Jones. Um, but him uh, just staying pat, um, we had 12 picks. We drafted 10 guys. 
So, and we have, I think, 12 picks again next year. So him standing pat and taking the talent that's there, you know, for a lot of times, especially in the second round, you can ask Marvin, um, Marvel, you know, me and Marvin talk about it all the time. Second round was like doomsday with, with Bill Belichick. His record with drafting in the second round is usually terrible. Like the guys usually don't make the don't stay on the roster four or five years for their contract to even be up. Um, so he he because he usually reaches, but he's been standing pack and just allowing the allowing players kind of similar to the Steelers are a really good team when it comes on the drafting for the most part, except for corners. Um, they, they're not the best. Yeah, they, team. They, they struggled corner. defensively. Yeah. I think this year they did better, but yes, usually it seems like defensively in recent years they have not no, been able to do not. well. But when they do, when they draft well, what do they do? They normally sit there and they let the board play to them, come to themselves. They let the players fall to them. So, well, I, I, you know, on the kill Harry, yeah, I wanted Debo Samuel personally. I'm a bigger fan of Debo Samuel because he does more things, um, especially route running and releases from the line of scrimmage. He is a phenomenal receiver in that regard i think jimmy garoppolo's gonna love him getting in the kill care getting the kill harry get chase winovich no i did not think he was gonna fall to the third round then understanding that sony michelle does have an injury history and getting another big powerful uh physical back in damian harris and, and remember you know peyton manning his last year what did they do as he started to slow down a little bit right they started to feel they featured the run game i think bill belichick and and josh mcdaniels is saying hey Let's feature the run game. Let's not have Tom. We can't. Tom's going to be 42. We can't put it on his shoulders, right? You can't keep putting it on his shoulders. He's going to throw his darn arm out. Come on now. Like, he's he's a, he's eight years from being 50. Like, let's, let's think about that. So focus on the run game. I think that's what he did. He just he just allowed the guys to come to him. He didn't reach for I, – I, I do think Jawan Williams was a little bit of a reach because Greedy Williams was there. But Jawan Williams is a more physical player. And I and that's what Bill Belichick loves is physicality. Uh, yeah, I don't think greedy. First, I don't think greedy would fit his. Uh, no, because he he's not that his physical. Defense. Yeah, he's yeah. not that physical. Uh, you know, from a cover standpoint, he may be the best man to man cover corner in this class. Um, I like Byron Murphy as well, but uh, alpha straight coverage ability. But he is not the most physical guy. He's 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 lean. He's not that big either. So, you know, um, but, you know, Jawan Williams and Jack people up at the line of scrimmage. So he cut, I'm going to throw this out there. He kind of reminds me of Brandon Browner, 6'4", 200-plus pounds. Brandon Browner with us, uh, go back to 2014, check, check the archives there. We got that there. Super Bowl. When we got that Super Bowl with him and Darrell Revis, a lot of people don't know. We used Brandon Browner, the, the, the Kobe Fleeners, when he was a name in Indianapolis against uh, Ladarius, uh, was, I forget the, the title, his, I forget his last name. But Ladarius Green. Green, yes, the fit. The, he's fast, big body, tight end. We put we put Brandon Brown on him. Let him get physical with him. Hit him. You know, different things like that. And I I could see because I'm gonna tell you something against you guys last year in the Super Bowl. Zach Ertz was a complete another problem. He caught that touchdown. He could put, first of all, Devin McCourty is garbage in man to man coverage. So for some reason, we left that man on Zach Ertz, one of the best route running tight ends in the game. That was a bad idea. You saw that. With um, Devin McCoy falling, reaching for his cleat, Chuck is like, "Oh, I can't, I can't cover this man." Exactly, we understand that. Stay on your feet. But this is a guy that you could put against a Zach Ertz at the line of scrimmage and let him get physical with him. So that's that's kind of why I see Jawan Williams. Like I said, like you said, the question pretty much what has changed. I think he's just letting guys fall to him and taking the, the talent 
not saying, hey, let's trade back in the, and acquire more picks. It's, hey, we got a talented guy on the board. Let's take him. I, I agree, and I, I think um, – and not just but I, I you know, I know we, you're a Patriot fan, and I think it's, it's pretty consensus that the Patriots are top on everyone's list of having a solid draft uh, or one of the best drafts and with not big, splashy names. Right. Which is why I like I like highlighting them because it, it wasn't all these these names that everyone was talking about. No, but not I also at all. think you know Belichick when he won those first three titles, veteran based team. He kept going back to the well. Oh seven, getting veterans, free agency and trades, and mm-hmm. and I think he's realized that that's all well and good, but you have to build through the draft. I don't think I'm not saying he never. I don't want to make that statement that he didn't value the draft, but I think he. He relied more on vet, and some coaches throughout our history they just rely on veteran guys. They just have a trustworthy yeah. on vets, and I think Bill Belichick had that for a long time, and I think he is breaking that, and uh, and he it's showing, and it, it's really yeah. just showing that I I the way he's been drafting to me has prolonged Brady. Where forty five is not like crazy to me for Tom Brady to hit now. No, I mean, and another thing that he's done is he's uh, to me he's gotten out of his own way and out of his own mind. Bill Belichick for a while was drafting, and was like, oh, you know, like you said, he, he I don't, I'm not gonna say he didn't value it, but he valued it less than anything else when he got into team building because he was just worried about getting veterans that fit his scheme. Right? It was all about just the scheme, and if you see the past couple of drafts, he's gotten guys who who really can play football. And I'm not saying that the guys who are scheme-based guys can't play football, but when you're getting guys who aren't fast, who aren't athletic, who aren't strong, who can't do certain things, it's like, hey, I have to hide you in a scheme. Remember, I think it was 2000, oh, was it 2012 when we, when we faced the Giants again? It was like 2011, 2012. One of those defenses was primarily zone defense because he, he, couldn't, he couldn't get pressure on the on, on remember he couldn't get pressure on the quarterback because he didn't he didn't value getting top edge guys so it, it was a lot of different things so he he's kind of smartened up in that way it's like listen the league is getting faster you know Pat they, Pat Mahomes is just in his third going into his third year so if I'm going to be coaching for another five to ten years I got to deal with this I got to deal with this kid Deshaun Watson I got to deal with that you know what I'm saying so. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's understanding. I think you know, I think he's a reverse Les Miles. Remember, Les Miles in LSU couldn't fit, couldn't come to the times of getting a legit offensive scheme to to go with college football. That's why his quarterback play always sucked, and he picked bad quarterbacks. Then, yeah. you know, they start seeing you know different teams. You see what everybody else is doing: the RPOs, the read options, the spread, the the the, the motions, the the speed. He did not want to go to that. He wanted to go to the 1985 pitch out of the uh, out of the eye formation, halfback pitch dive. Like no, like you you could do that, but at the same time, you should factor in and put in these new things. So, you know, that's just kind of the way I looked at it with him. But you know, I um, what I will like about your I like about your list, um, that I I thought about I didn't put on, but I I really do you know, give you props for, and I like what, what Chris Ballard's doing in Indianapolis. Yeah, and I man. think um, it's so huge. Once you know 
you have that man. And Andrew Luck is that man. When you know you have the guy, you need to surround him with right thing. Last year, building up that offensive line. Great job, Chris Ballard. You know, now looking at it, the defense needs to get better. We saw, I mean, I mean, Pat Mahomes tore up everybody, so it wasn't just the Colts, but we saw when they went to to K to Arrowhead in the, in the divisional, the defense got shown up. Right. right you right. and I have talked about Rocky Sin. I think he's overhyped, but I think he's a raw project that can't you like him more than me, but I, I like the pick though. Where they got him, I like I do like the pick. I think that he can be a solid uh player for him. And I do really and I, I hear you are not getting and Paris Campbell not being big, but I really must say I think in that kind of you know, Lucas Lucas Oil, that speedy receiver, that, that just the way Luck and those receivers are in sync, I think Paris Campbell will fit right in there. So oh, yeah. I think even when he finally went offense, I think he knocked it out the park. So I, I, I think Chris Ballard did a good job getting Ben Bangu, you know, the defensive end. Yes. Uh, yep. I, 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 I really do like that. That you know, you, your team that you had on yours that I didn't, uh, Indianapolis Colts. But your list was good, though. I, I liked your list a lot. I liked your list a lot because you, you factored in heavy what these, how these teams improved, especially through the draft, man. Like I said, it was a lot of winners. And I'm telling you right now, guys, the Jets, uh, man, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm watching the Jets closely. I'm watching them very closely this season. That's all I'm going to say. I'm watching them very closely because, to me, they made, a, they made a lot of progress, man. They made a lot of progress. It's interesting. I, I love what they did. Sam Darnold should be happy. For uh, for what they did and what they're doing over there, so shout out to um, shout out to, to to the guys over there running the Jets front office. Uh, let's go ahead and get to this fan mail, man. They got six questions here. Uh, start off, you know, number one: Did Trace did did the Ravens select Trace McSorley to play quarterback? And if so, would this lead to RG three being traded? I'll start with you, Dem. I think they did. For whatever reason, and this is how much I do like this draft, because I I picked him in my top ten despite Trace McSorley being <laughs> on it, you know. So that's how much you can say I really like what Eric DaCosta did. Um, I think they will. I don't think. I, I mean, interesting question by this fan. Uh, I don't because to me it's like the the battle of the who cares, uh, but you know. <laughs> I think I think they will give him a try for some odd reason, and yeah, I guess RG three will be cut, traded, whatever. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, you surely can. They people say can do other positions. So they say he was a pretty good safety, right? So maybe that's why. Let's try him at QB, but maybe we can switch him over. We'll see. He could be a jack of all trades kind of guy for us. Um, so I I, I can see. I, you know what? I'll say RG3 is, is safe. He's safe from the Trace McSorley factor. If they just want to get rid of him, they just want to get rid of him for other reasons. But yeah. I don't think Trace McSorley is a threat to RG3's job. I don't either. I, I, Trace McSorley, I, don't, I have zero fa- – I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I'm blunt. And sometimes to a, to a fault for some for some fans, they're like, man, you you kind of harsh, man. I, I keep it, We keep it real here. We, I, think, we, I think we're both pretty blunt. I yeah, well, we keep it real here. I think, like you said, that he will get a shot just to see what he can, you know, see what he could do. I'm gonna be honest. I think they may turn him into a slot receiver um, because they, it opens okay. up. Um, you know, he, he he ran a four seven. He's an athletic guy. Got good agility. 
Um, you know, he, he's a motivated guy, you know, strong mind. But then, you know, kind of look at Julian Edelman. When you need to pull out that trick play, you have a guy who can't throw the ball. Um, I, like I said, I think he'll need some time to develop his route tree and catching the football on a consistent basis. So it may not be something, you know, you see consistently right now. But I think during, down the line, he could be a pretty solid slot receiver if he took it serious. But it's either that or he's going to turn to a DB. They want him to do DB drills at the, at the combine. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he poses as much of a threat to RG3 either. So we're in agreement there. Um, number two, why did Greedy Williams fall so far from grace? He was a top 10 projected pick, and he fell to the second round. All we heard, now this is just the chatter that we we heard all draft season is, especially getting close to the draft, well, teams don't like the fact that he doesn't tackle. Dare me, if that's the reason this man fell to the second yeah. round, I'm telling you right now, some teams are going to be really, really pissed off if he turns into an all-pro. Because at the end of the day, if this is what you're going to focus on, so you're telling me you wouldn't, going back hindsight 2020, you're not going to draft Deion Sanders because he didn't tackle well? Well, I think we need to remember one thing. Before the receiver, before you tackle him, he has to catch the ball. You yeah. know, So you have to stop him. I want, I, I'd rather my guy be better at stopping the receiver from catching the ball than he gives up the plays, but, hell, he could tackle. It's like, that's nice, but he's getting beat. <laughs> they keep making catches on him. The first priority of any corner is to shut him down. You want to stop the receiver from getting the ball. You want that blanket coverage. So yes. I, I, I don't really understand that. I, I don't either. So that's what I said. I mean, but I, and I said this on social media. I believe letting Greedy Williams fall to the Cleveland Browns, the pairing with Denzel Ward, is going to give teams headaches for years to come. I think that was a bad move, you know, because that was a that was a position that the that the um, that that the Browns needed that corner opposite of of of, of uh, Denzel, a bigger corner, Greedy six one and seven eight, so six two and four three seven can play press man. Can play off, has good ball instincts and ball skills. Hey, I think that was a mistake. Um, number three, after everything they did in the draft, how um, how do you grade the Cardinals O line post draft? Okay, now is that I guess how who they drafted in the O line, or pretty much how the off? Because you know they they did I believe they did draft two O linemen late. Josh well, Miles. Our guy, Josh Miles. Yeah, they got our guy, man. Uh, I, I, I messaged him the other day, um, and I, you know, con, you know, gave him a, a big congrats. I'm you know, proud of him, happy for him. Told him to go out there and get, you know, go out there and take your spot, man. Go get your spot. Um, but you know, they 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 went and they got Lamont Gilliar, who is a underrated center from Georgia. And, and right now, any I'm, I'm looking at all offensive linemen from Georgia because they play stout, physical football over there. Um, in UGA, so they got Lamont Gilliard in the sixth round. They got Joshua Miles in the seventh. They brought in um, Marcus Gilbert, right tackle from Pittsburgh, and they also got, I believe it was a J.R. Sweezy, uh, as a, uh, one of their trades that they traded for. Um, let me see, at guard. So, just so, right now, when you look at their guard, look at their offensive line. 
Um, what are your what are your grades for? What are your thoughts on it? Because a lot of people say, well, they didn't adjust the offensive line. They got three receivers. They got Kyler Murray. They did this, but Kyler Murray is going to die behind the offensive line. I disagree, though. I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. I think the problem with the offensive line, honestly, and I I don't you know I don't mind. You don't always have to have the the first round sexy picks to get for offensive line. It's really mm-hmm. how they can play as a unit. I'm looking at guys. It, it's still weak to me. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and my biggest concern is honestly, can they stay healthy? The guys that they do have. Um, a lot of times people uh, they're battling injuries a lot. But I, I think I think it can be a middle of the road offensive line. I'm looking at different people. I, I do like Marcus Gilbert. Uh, I'm not a Justin Pugh fan. No. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's still kind of a patchy offensive line. I think Kyler Murray will struggle with that, but I think his they have a mobile a mobile. I think the, the offense, him being a mobile quarterback, you can you can get away with it to an extent, but I think they will struggle. I, I just do. I, I just see. I, I don't know. I'm not I DJ Humphrey. I, DJ Humphreys is is a guy also he's always solid. Bang, yeah, he's, he's solid, solid but always but... banged up. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. So I think that's the problem. So it's it's you got a lot of uh, a piece a little patchwork to be done here. Yeah, and- I I think uh, the Gil I think the Gilliard pick will be a telling one as we get into those training camp battles. I could see Gilliard being the guy that knocks out maybe J.R. Sweezy or Justin Pugh um, at the guard spot. I I, can, I I will I will say this. I'm seeing what Justin Pugh is going to be making, and you know you got to ride seven, eight million dollars. And I, I, you know, I saw him a lot in New York. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I, I believe in second chances in life. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, good God, like I mean, Justin Pugh was a nightmare. He was a nightmare. I, I don't understand. That's kind of what he's the name that jumps out the most to me. I'm like Justin. It's like I, I almost I forgot about him. That being in Arizona now, him in New York, I love that as an Eagle fan because I'm like that's bar as Shaq would say barbecue chicken. Barbecue but I'm like, chicken. man, I I can't get behind that. I really can't. I I I think the tackle Shipley as a center, no sir. I I think the tackles can be decent, but I think interior O line you have problems. I and really that's do. What, that's what they're gonna need when it comes down to Kyler Murray. Um, let's see, number four, man, wait is is. Way too early, but way too early defensive and offensive rookie of the year predictions. I will start this one off. I Offensive rookie, I think it's going to be Kyler Murray. Mm. Um, I, I think Kyler Murray is is a, a strong choice for that because I they, there's nothing that's going to stop him from seeing the field. Um, there's no quarterback there that's going to keep him off the field. Um, if, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, his air raid offense, I think they're going to try and unleash that early and often. Um, defensive rookie that is tough. That is tough. Defensive rookie, I will say, hmm, Jesus, that's tough because there's some good defenders in this class. Defensive rookie of the year, I will say, I'm gonna say Josh Allen, man. I think he's in a great situation to. 
to make plays and to make a huge impact on this on this defense in the Jacksonville. I was close to going Quinny Williams though. I was really close. Mm. To Williams. I'm gonna go flip. I'm gonna go defense first. And I'm gonna go Devin Bush. I thought about him too. And offensive rookie of the year. I'm gonna go TJ Hawkinson. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. I thought about him as well. You know, he's gonna be an immediate starter, and you know, he's gonna make an impact. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I can I can see uh I don't I don't think we have the old lineman to me. Like last year it was like Saquon or Big Q, Quint Nelson. Right. Um I, I don't I don't know if the old lineman's gonna jump out like to me like the way Quentin Nelson did last year. I think there's good ones in this draft, but Quentin Nelson was just dominant from day yeah, one. There is no Quentin Wilson. Quentin Nelson. There is yeah, no, so that's why I can't no big I wanna Q. Get, I wanna give props to a big sexy because with us, you know, we, we don't just do skill possession. We get everybody, but there's no I don't see a big set. I think big I see some uh, linemen who can contribute, I think, and be good, but rookie of the year candidate, no. So that's why I give it to TJ. I, I, I really do believe Matt Stafford can hit him a lot, and I can see him getting, I don't know, double-digit touchdowns. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then uh, let's see here. Uh, I want to throw the dark horse for offense. Uh, David Montgomery over there in Chicago, uh, I think he, I think he's going to be really good with uh, – with uh, you know, Matt Nagy and and, and Mitchell Trubisky over there <laughs> in, in Chicago. Um, question number five: Which draftee will have the biggest impact year one? Um, even though I th- even though I do believe that Kyler Murray will, you know, I, I'll throw him out. I threw him out as my early, way too early offensive rookie prediction. That doesn't mean I think he's gonna have the biggest impact because this team was drafting. They were what number one, so. <laughs> They have a strong chance of picking number one again. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't think the impact is going to be that much. I think he's going to put up crazy. I think he could put up crazy numbers, especially in fantasy football and everything. And, 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 wild, and some, a lot of wild plays with his legs and strong arm. But I think the guy uh, drafted that will have the biggest impact year one. I am go- actually going to say, and I, I really want to go Miles Sanders, but you guys, I, don't, I just don't know how it's going to play out yet. With the Jordan Howard thing, you know, if you didn't trade for Jordan Howard, I was going to say Miles Sanders. <laughs> I'm telling you right yeah. now, Miles Sanders with Carson Wentz, and oh man, easy, easy money to me. But I'm going actually going to go with, um, I'm gonna go with Nikhil Harry. Um, mm. Nikhil Harry in New England, he's a yak guy. You know, he's a yak guy. He's a guy that can that can catch that ten yard stop route. Juke you, step arm you, or run through you, and go forty yards, fifty yards, sixty yards, and I think he's that type. He's that type of guy that that um, that Brady would love, especially in the in the screen game, um, and then moving him around. He can play in the slot and run routes out of the slot as well. Um, I would, I really hope Julian Element takes him under his wing in his route running department. You know, having that uh, that that uh, that master's degree in in, in, uh, in route running, but. You know that's why I look at it is I think uh, Nikhil Harry will have the biggest impact year one because I th- I believe he'll be a pretty early starter this season. Okay, I like that pick. I'm gonna keep it simple. The guy who I love the most of this draft, Big Q, Quinian Williams, mm-hmm. and a for his ability, and I think he's just gonna be a monster in New York. B because I love the 
you know, there's so much, you know, there's so many moving parts to a success for a player and a team. You know, for a player, it does, it starts and ends with yourself, but it's also the coaching, the organization, and to go from Nick Saban, Alabama, and to have that coaching, and to go to Greg Williams. You know, those are two guys, different, very different personality, but they're going to preach smart, and they're going to preach tough and physical. And I think him going to a guy like Greg Williams, I, I really like that for Big Q as well. And I think he's going to do a lot of things. You're going to have to watch the tape. It's not going to be the sexiest numbers or anything like that. But him taking up blockers, him stuffing the run, third and short, you're not running up on Big Q. I think that's the key, and I think that's why he's going to have a huge impact on that Jets defense. I agree. I agree. I think he's going to have a complete – he's going to be just a monster over there in the middle of that defense. C.J. Mosley is going to love him. Um, yeah. <clears throat> last question. Uh, give thoughts or grade to the uh, Baltimore Ravens draft. I love the – for the most part, I love the Baltimore Ravens draft. Getting Marquise Brown, uh, not having – you know, not, having, not picking the second round, getting a Jalen Ferguson to put – um, you, you know, losing, you know, Terrell Suggs, kind of put him in that Terrell Suggs position, getting a, a big body receiver. And I, I kept telling a lot of Ravens fans this, you know, getting Marquise Brown was one thing. I said, you got to double down and then in the later rounds to get a big body target. And for me, I'm not going to tell you, I would have preferred seeing Hakeem Butler there for me. I mm-hmm. think it would have been perfect. That six, six frame. That's a perfect compliment. But at the same time, Miles Boykin is a strong physical receiver with speed. So I like that pick. Getting Justice Hill, um, getting Ben Powers to help that offensive line as well, um, and, and adding Dalen Mack. I think that is a, a, a pick I did not see coming, That adding Dalen Mack to that defensive line, that, that rotation. So I, I love their draft overall. I do as well. I will say this. I do love getting the – I had in my top ten. And I love the Brown and Boykin picks. I think you needed that. I mean, as much as people want to critique what happened with Lamar Jackson, how he was used, he did not have weapons. So no. to get a Brown, to get a Boykin, and to get a Justice Hill to go you know, hand-in-hand hand with Mark Ingram, who people forget. They have Mark Ingram now. Yep. And like you said, I love them getting Ben Powers. I, I, I was a big fan of both of those Oklahoma guards. And we haven't – I haven't been able to say Mount Cody, but Mount Cody – and also Ben Powers. And I think Ben Powers is that mauler type who's going to be able to make those big holes for Ingram and Hill. So I think that was a huge pick. To, to add. The Ravens do a good job of getting just those, those tough linemen, those tough, those tough big sexies in there who are just physical. You know, they, they, they come prepared, you know, and I'm glad that uh, – Eric DaCosta kept it going because Ozzie Newsom looked around and said, you know, black and blue AFC North, we got to be physical and tough. And to me, this draft did a good job of still keeping that, but also getting those skill position guys. So I, I love what Baltimore did. Hey, I agree with you, man. I agree with you a lot, brother. But listen, guys, that is our show tonight. We will, of course, be back next week. Um, and, and, hey, listen. Just to go ahead and start foreshadowing, we're going to be talking a lot of fantasy football. Yes, so sir. next week, let's talk some fantasy football, give you some dynasty uh, rookies to watch, you know, everything like that. We're going to tell you who you should draft, man, who you should draft. What's out of this rookie class? Just point blank, period. 
So we're going to talk about a lot of that, especially heading into the season. We are transitioning to a lot of fantasy football content during the season. So be on the lookout for that. I know you guys love one thing. You like making money. Fantasy football, you make money. Absolutely. So we'll help you with that. But uh, as always, guys, my name is Damian Parson, and that is my guy, Damian Dove. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a good night. Peace.